Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to another edition of the ONG Strike Zone. It's Brian Fulford, Kofi Hemingway, and Kelvin Rozier back again. We appreciate the love, appreciate the support. Uh, thank you for checking us out on, on Twitter, uh, following us on Twitter and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Also checking out the show, uh, episode two, our SWAC Media Day Review. Uh, of course, thanks to everybody who's been on YouTube to check that out. And if you had a chance also to check out the podcast on the BCSN Pod Zone channel as well, we appreciate that. Uh, you can also hear our show on the Jericho Broadcast Networks app uh, on your Google and Apple Play Store. Just go to my JBN or my BCSN, and that's where you can uh, download the app. And anytime we post our shows, the shows will be there. So you got plenty of ways to access it. But most importantly, after you watch it, or even on, once you get started watching it, like you're watching this right now, go ahead and hit the thumbs up button, like, subscribe. So that way, uh, however you're listening or watching, you can make sure to stay tuned in. So how you fellas doing? Kelvin, Kofi, how we doing? It's a fine FAMU Wednesday. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. How we doing, Kofi? Doing great, man. Excited to be in the strike zone. Looking right. forward to what we got going. All right. Well, look, I, I wanted to make sure that we, you know, we start the we start the show with uh we're giving some love to the to the people who took some time to reach out. So we're gonna start this sort of our a, a mailbag segment. And we'll sort of do this at the start of every show uh as much as possible and let people know. You know, we want to respond to some comments. I know, look, we're, I know there's a thirst for doing these live. You know, people think that, hey, we're doing this. We're live recording. We, we wish we could be, you know, as we're talking, we're sitting there, you know, uh, interacting with you on, on uh, the chats and all the other stuff. But look, it's just not possible right now. That, that day will come. But right now, the best you're going to get is go ahead and comment as you're watching. And then we'll see the comments and we'll get to the comments. We even might even be watching it live with you. And we might even be able to comment while it's airing live for the first time. So, but I want to, so the ways in which you can reach out to us, you can send us an email, uh, go to O and G strike zone at gmail.com. That's uh, the email address. You can send your comments there 
or like I said, during the actual playing of the show, uh, especially if you're on YouTube, you can write your comments there. Or if you're listening to it on the podcast, you can always maybe tweet us during the show. So I'm going to start by just giving a shout out to a few of the people on YouTube that responded with some questions. I'm going to start with uh, Crandon Dillard. Uh, give a shout out to Crandon. Love who, Crandon. <laughs> who, who asked us uh, his comments on YouTube. He says, uh, so if the new info is that the vaccinated people are still catching and spreading the Delta variant, how is this process going to help us maintain a season? And, and of course, he's talking about, you know, we kind of talked about uh, at the opening of that show, the, uh, the, the, how the Delta variant and just COVID in general is, is affecting all of us, especially in the state of Florida. It's affecting us and uh, how that may affect the season. So uh, I'll give you guys an uh, opportunity. Uh, Kelvin, Kofi, uh, how do you, how do you, what are your thoughts on, on how this variant in the process uh, well, believe, can affect the season? Yeah, I believe it's, it's obviously going to have an effect, but it will not be the effect that we had last year. Uh, the president did come out and say on yesterday that, you know, um, you know, obviously if you have taken the vaccination, even if you are affected or if you have in fact uh, contract the virus, you will contract, I'm sorry, if you contract the virus, the effects will be minimal. The symptoms will be minimal as opposed to not having the vaccination and having to deal with severe symptoms that can become unmanageable. At least with the vaccination, your symptoms will be manageable enough for you to, you know, be able to live normally. So he's still encouraging uh, people around the country to take the vaccination so that uh, even if you do contract it, which more than likely you are going to come, we are going to come into contact with this virus. It is unavoidable. We're going to see it, um, you know, so getting vaccinated will cause your interaction with the virus not to be complicated, not to mention um, the testing that comes along with it. Lord knows the COVID test is probably one of the most aggravating tests that has to be on the planet. If I were you, I would, you know, obviously with the athletes to have to go into the building every single day and get that swab up your nose, it's not worth it. Just go ahead and just get the vaccination and be done. You know, and you don't have to worry about getting tested anymore. People leave you alone. Everybody knows. And then we don't have to worry about, you know, the commissioner looking down and saying, okay, well, so-and-so has tested positive for this. So now this person has to now sit out. Just get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. What do you want to add on that, Kelvin? Leon County Schools reverse course today, as a matter of fact. Uh, they were making mass optionals for students. Um uh, but for kids from 12 and under, middle and elementary school is not mandatory. So the, tr- the trend is that, it, you know, this COVID is spreading. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a serious threat right now. Um, hospital capacities are up. And as Kofi mentioned, the thing with the vaccine is two things, right? First of all, you protect yourself, even if you contract COVID, if you've been vaccinated, think the, the symptoms are not as severe. And then also you're protecting your family, friends, and loved ones. 
who may or may not be vaccinated. So it's just the right thing to do. And if we have any hope of having a season and seeing our favorite players and our favorite team play, um, it's something we just got to do. Yeah, I, I think we're in a I think we're in a good state where I think like like you said, Kofi, the the it's gonna be with us. We gotta learn how to work with it. And being vaccinated allows you to kind of <clears throat> work with with this virus that's floating out there. But I I just hope we don't hit a point. And again, I don't know what the vaccination rate is for the for the family football team is or even the volleyball team that's going to be starting up uh, in a few weeks or in a, in a few days. But I'm hoping it's in the high numbers because I'd hate for a practice to get paused because of what, you know, positive tests, so to speak, right? <clears throat> Let me go to another comment from uh, the YouTube, uh, Montre Bennett. We got into talking about the the uh, the uh, the um, Orange Blossom Classic. Excuse me, I couldn't think of it for all of a sudden because he he wrote he wrote here Florida Classic seventy thousand plus if the season wins out. Um, I think he even mentioned that sixty thousand he predicted or he thought sixty thousand might attend the Orange Blossom Classic. He thinks seventy thousand will be at the uh, Florida Classic. Um, apparently, Jackson State has sold out its portion uh, or allotment of tickets for the Orange Blossom Classic. And I am aware that they just opened up seating in the 300 section on Ticketmaster. So that's usually a sign that all of the lower bowl or the mid-level, for the most part, have been sold. And so now that they've opened up the 300 section, on really the first week of August. So what they're saying is we're expecting over the next three weeks uh, a crowd. So we might we might break that 47,000, 48,000 number that was the largest attended uh, Orange Blossom Classic. Well, anytime uh, family and Jackson State have gotten together in a classic, it's, it's really a big deal. Um, so... Uh, the stadium holds 65,000. I believe that we're going to um, eclipse the 50,000 mark barring some type of catastrophe of some sort, God forbid. But we will have 50,000 plus at the game, which of course would be definitely a win for FAMU, for Jackson State, and all of HBCU football. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the trends with where they are with ticket sales, this earlier in, in the season and all the buzz on social media, there's a lot of events around this game. Um, you know, you got the whole Dion thing and, and um, you know, not having football for a whole year, elite bands, everything's trending that this will be a signature event. And, and as Kofi and you all have alluded to, as long as, you, you know, COVID-19 is not an issue, then I do think we have a good chance to hit close to that fifth in them for sure. All right. And uh, one other point, want to, want to give a shout out to Mary 305 for checking us out on YouTube uh, says uh, she says, I look forward to SWAC football season and fam. You will have a great season. 
great show guys thanks for sharing and so we appreciate you mary thanks for watching and uh look you can leave your comments questions right there on youtube as you watch the show if you're listening to it on the podcast form on the bcsn pod zone uh you know just kind of take a note of your question and then send an email to o and g strike zone at gmail.com just like the the twitter and uh instagram handle there ong strike zone at gmail.com all right fellas one of the big news uh events that happened i mean of course uh, guys have to report camp is a few days away uh we we find out that uh famu lost that we lost one of our one of our guys, one of our one of our rack boys. Uh, he is a graduate, though, of Florida A&M University. <laughs> one of the one of the all purpose. That's uh that's a uh, Kofi stress voice there. <laughs> Why are we losing the name? Azende Ray uh, has transferred to Georgia Tech, <laughs> uh, and I'm reading a little bit from out of the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Because I'd have to pay a dollar if I wanted to read this story on a Democrat, and I'm not going to pay a dollar to do that. But anyway, uh, that's another thing. <laughs> Just as much information from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Anyway, uh, Zene Ray, along with uh, his brother, uh, who's a safety at Georgia Tech, uh, are now going to be playing together. Uh, Ray, of course, graduated from FAMU uh, in 2020. He played three seasons at FAMU. One as a running back, two at the wide receiver position, really an all-purpose guy. I mean, one of those guys that really could play multiple positions, such a – almost like a, a – what do you call it? A Swiss Army knife. I mean, the, the dude had – you could put him anywhere. Uh, go ahead. You were going to say I, – I, I know you're disappointed in the transfer, but you, you, love, you love the guys versus was, you know, Kofi. He was our Luke Jensen. You know, he was our Luke Jensen, and Luke Jensen for doll fans understands what this guy was. He was definitely our utility guy, but he's talented. He's got good feet. He's got good hands, and I think he has an opportunity to possibly play at the next level, provided he can, uh, you know, get the right eyes on him. Obviously, graduating from Florida a University, he is a rattler for life, so I'm grateful for the time that he has spent with us. He was with the team when we were one and 10. So, you know, to stay with us through that long haul to, for him to finish the course, um, you know, he's playing with the brother um, with the, with the opportunity for them to have all three of them playing together at Georgia tech. Um, I understand. um, I, I don't like it, but I understand and, um, you know, he has the opportunity to pursue happiness on his level. And I definitely wish him the best. Yeah. Uh, Ray, uh, criminal justice major. Uh, you, you mentioned his brother. He already has one brother at Tech. And they're already sort of Tech is in the running for his younger brother, who is a four-star safety. I believe LSU and Florida are also in the mix along with Georgia Tech. Uh, so obviously, you know, you can infer what you want out of that about bringing the whole family together. You know, Ray's looking out for himself because like you said, he has an opportunity to play at the next level. And just, we, 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 we talked about and will talk about and continue to talk about how loaded 
FAMU is. And so for a young man who, uh, looking at his stats here from last year, or 2019 rather, caught 30 passes, 304 yards, five touchdowns. But we saw him line up in the backfield at times, in the Wildcat. Um, he even played some special teams, if I'm not mistaken, did he not? Yes, he returned punts and stuff. Yeah. So now imagine him getting an opportunity to shine on the ACC level uh, as a grad student at Tech. And if he's able to to do what we all hoped and wanted him to do for us at FAMU, well, hey, more all, all the more power and blessings to you, Azende. And so uh, we'll be watching. We'll be watching those Georgia Tech games and, and rooting you on because, like you said, Kofi is a rattler. Uh, for life. Uh, any thoughts on the move, Kelvin, of Azende heading to Tech? I wish him the best. I thank him for what he did for um, our university and our team, the three years that he did play. And um, he's going to be missed. He's he's a valuable piece, you know. Like you say, he did a lot of different things for us. You know, return kicks and punts and ride receiver, wildcat, occasional tailback. So, um, you know, he, he was a he was a versatile, versatile kid. It, it created opportunity. Luckily, we have Dell, and it, it probably won't be just one person taking this role. It probably be a couple of people at a couple of positions. But um, but yeah, I'm proud of him, and um, I wish him the best. Him and his family. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, coming up in the in our second segment, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that depth. Uh, that FAMU has recruited uh, with uh, with somebody who has been tracking FAMU's recruiting to another level, at another level, uh, than most of us uh, do or have done. And so we're going to kind of get a chance to to really talk to him and find out uh, about the depth of, of what we have in store because it's well-documented in many places that uh, we are we are loaded. And, and so... Uh, it's going to be a fun year. We're, we're days away from camp starting and weeks away from that first game down in Miami gardens against Jackson state who Jackson state has already started practicing. Now you guys saw that, right? But yada, yada, yada. Next. What's, what's the next? Time? Got, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, got, I, this, I was the a strike little... zone. This is, that's what I'm blowing. Let hey, them talk. Hey, they, 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 they need extra help. Well, I only brought it up in the sense of with us starting camp in, in, in you know, five days behind, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping we're not, you know. Trust me, we right. are not behind. All right, we're not behind. Kofi said it. All right, uh, so with camp starting, uh, Coach Simmons announced the additions of his staff that became effective August 1st. So, uh, you know, via the uh, famuathletics.com, uh, the announcement of six new coaching hires or six new uh, coaches added to the staff. Uh, you've got Ryan Stanchek, who is the co-offensive coordinator slash uh, offensive line coach uh, after two seasons as the O-line coach at Southern Miss. Um, he spent five seasons at Alcorn State from 14 to 18. So, you know, there's a, there's a little familiarity with the swag. He was there when the Braves won the swag East title. Um, so he, he's been there helping some great Cody. Uh, I believe he's right there with uh, coach Simmons, if I'm not mistaken as well. Yes. Right. Yes. 
Yeah, so uh, understand, check the Braves. Alcorn State plays 13 offensive linemen on the SWAC all-conference team. And he's also mentored eight HBCU All-Americans. What do you guys think about the co-offensive coordinator role? How does that work? Break that down in case people don't know, Kofi. Well, I think, you know, just from a standpoint, I think Coach Simmons believes in the power of team, um, in the power of collaboration. And so uh, this is an opportunity to have a discussion, to grow the staff and to give. Uh, and uh, I want to say our coordinators, our co-coordinators, an opportunity to grow and develop into, uh, I want to say, another level uh, to give them that measure of experience um, with, with, I want to say, with a helping hand to help them lift. Um, what people don't understand uh, you know, I want to say coordinating is a team job. Even if you do have the title, you're still collaborating with your defensive line coach. You're still collaborating with the, the linebackers coach. You're still collaborating with um, the DB coach. You're still talking with these guys and you're still receiving that measure of input. So to have another set of eyes is a plus um, for what you are trying to do. In fact, the Miami Dolphins, are doing the same thing on the offensive side as well. So um, having that measure of collaboration is not something that I'm in objected to or would object to. I remember I'm, I'm not opposed to different or outside of the box thinking this is not the first co-coordinator position uh, that we've necessarily seen. And it's not the first innovation that we've seen in regards to this. I remember Coach Joe went up in the, uh, in the press box you know, and at first everybody was like, why is it up there in the press box? Why? You know, and then we started beating people. Then we're like, oh, okay, why the coach is going to stay up there in the press box then? You know, we kicking people tail. We scoring 100 points. He's going to stay up there. You know, so all of that's fine. Um, I have no problem with it. I just believe that Coach Simmons is giving his guys an opportunity to collaborate and grow. Um, you're a big fan, Kelvin. You're a big fan of the co-offensive. Well, look, we got the co-defensive coordinator. You brought up a great point earlier about the uh, the other side of the ball, the defensive coordinators. We got a couple guys that share that role over there, right? Yes, we do. We we have co on both sides of the ball, and um, Coach Smith, who's the linebacker coach, and Coach Sharp, who's the safeties coach. They kind of had some practice of that one game in uh, 2019, the A&T game, where we lost defensive coordinator Ralph Street at the time of the second half of the uh, A&T game because of uh, he got he got kicked out. So so they, they, they were able to work that game together. And I'm really interested to see the impact that's going to have on both the offense and defensive teams in terms of schemes and play calling and so forth. Um, that that is a bit of an unknown. I think they're very. All those coaches are very talented coaches. Um, no, this isn't old putting the schemes together. I think they're they're well liked by their players and the team, their team guys. So I don't think there'll be no conflicts and egos or, or personality issues there. Um, but you know, it's the first time, so you know there there's, there's a bit bit of unknown. But I'm actually excited about it. I, I kind of like that unknown and and we just happen to be experienced and talented throughout on both sides where i i i think 
they can be a little bit more um, flexible. Yes, 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 and aggressive, right? I think they got some kids on both sides of the ball that can um, erase any error of decisions at any time. So, so, so it's a good time to be a coach. <laughs> Amen. All right. Um, a couple other of the uh, hires on the staff. We have uh, Shane Tucker, who uh, is now the running backs coach. He came to uh, FAMU after a year at Austin P, uh, where he also coached the tight ends. Um, Milton Patterson comes in as the coach, the defensive line coach. Uh, previously had stops at Fayetteville State uh, and a few years at Clark Atlanta. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, and director of recruiting at Clark from 2017 to 2020. Uh, and, and Clark's 2018 team actually was, uh, I believe, ranked 10th in the nation uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the second best in the SIC. So, I mean, I, I've, I've, uh, we've done some work with Clark back in those years. And um, the defensive side of the ball was never the problem over there. And so uh, take uh, – there's some – you know, probably that's a large part there to uh, Coach Patterson. Uh, Latroy Johnson comes over as the assistant AD for director of football ops. Um, Evan Astorquiza – I think I'm saying that right. Astorquiza is the offensive grad assistant – and Ayo Bailey Randolph uh, comes over as an offensive grad assistant as well. So uh, two, two young men looking to, to get into coaching and uh, can think of no better, no better staff and no better coach to kind of begin that coaching career under than Coach Simmons. So uh, congratulations and welcome to all those coaches. Uh, you guys uh, out there watching, you can go to familyathletics.com read more about their background. You can even, uh, I'm sure they probably have some emails up there. So if you want to just welcome those coaches onto the staff and into the family, you can go ahead and do that there. Uh, let's see one other, well, one, one, one other nugget that I wanted to get to guys before we go to our guest, the next segment, got to make mention of some of the recruiting efforts or not recruiting the, um, um, what's the right word? The uh, fundraising efforts of the of the athletic department and really our alumni uh, through the Rattler Athletic Fund. And uh, so, for those of you who um, obviously may have heard, may not have heard, but from about June tenth until about July twenty fifth, there was this strike tour that went around to various cities counties within florida all the way up into uh, atlanta chicago houston dallas dc and uh over the course of i'm just going to do a quick math here 10 or 11 dates they raised over five hundred thousand. by my count based on i went back and watched the twitter feed right i went back and looked at the checks from the Rattler Athletic Fund website, the total from those checks, $538,176. That's how much was raised 
Um, the largest contributor being right there in Tallahassee at over 121,000, followed up by Atlanta, who came in at 74,000 plus. But uh, those, those contributions made up largely of alumni bases, uh, Chicago, Houston, Dallas, D.C., Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, Tampa, Polk County, and Jacksonville all contributing. And when this uh, first started, when that whole Rattler Athletic Fund first came about back in, I believe, uh, 2018, uh, National Alumni President Greg Clark uh, helped start that. And uh, I believe they raised over 150000 during that first year. So to see where we've come from in the fundraising efforts in over three years and a pandemic, three years and a pandemic, they've raised what three times as much. Uh, so, I mean, this, this is a, it'll be interesting to see if they decide to take the strike tour to even, uh, even more locations in the future. Uh, so congratulations and thank you to all of the, all of the alumni uh, who were a part of that, uh, you know, props to uh, uh, National Alumni President Greg Clark, uh, A.D. Gaucher, uh, everybody that was involved with the Rattler Athletic Fund. Um, you know, congratulations. Well done. And we'll kind of maybe get into later about what that Rattler Athletic Fund does and what it can do for the university. Uh, speaking of raising funds and needing funds, uh, those of you who or if you're in the Tallahassee area, you may have saw a very interesting opinion article by Eddie Jackson. Uh, of course, uh, Eddie Jackson. I, help me re recall, what was Eddie Jackson's role at FAMU again, uh, Kofi? He was uh, over communications. That's right. He was our public relations person for, a, uh, I want to say, for a number of years, especially during the Humphreys administration. Yeah. To um, so his basically his uh, his his commentary had to do with FAMU needing the community's help to fund the nutrition program, and um, I, I I thought it was a it was a well timed part of you know of course Jackson part of the I believe the two twenty club is that the name of the club yeah. yes Kelvin uh, and yeah. so uh, talk a little bit what's your thoughts on that uh, that call to the community. Um, I, I get I get from the sense of his commentary and 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 that article was that it is time for everyone to be invested in the same way that you're invested in the other school uh, in Tallahassee. And uh, did I, I think, get that wrong? No, I think that um, I think it was a bold statement by him. But what I would add is raising money is a skill set. It is, it requires relationship. It requires asking. Um, there's a principle and even a scripture that says you have not because you ask not. Um, and there's a way to ask, <laughs> you know, when it comes to that. Uh, I think that definitely Tallahassee has almost, um, almost, we're almost at the half a meal mark in Metro Tallahassee. So there's a lot of untapped money that is in the Tallahassee area when it comes to um, 
fundraising, and even when it comes to our ticket sales, there are, uh, I, I can never forget, um, car was broken at one time and catching an Uber ride uh, to and from campus, but talking with a number of the Uber drivers who happened to be even African-American who had never been to a FAMU football game. And I'm sitting up there like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, how can you not be a part of, you know, not even go? You've never gone? You know, that's, um, that's absurd to me. But it also speaks to the job that our, our public relations department and our, our outreach departments have to do to uh, tap into that. Um, this is a sowing seed time and every seed has a harvest. So this is a time to reach out in those communities, establish those relationships and pull on those relationships and demand, demand accountability with it because fam UNs do spend a lot of money into the community. Uh, especially when it comes to homecoming, it is it is it is unquestionably um, probably Tallahassee's biggest event. So absolutely, I get it. Um, I think that Tallahassee Democrat is a start, but uh, there needs to be a team effort of professionals that are able to reach out in this community and 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 pull from the community the funds that are due to Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Kelvin, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, Eddie's uh, Eddie Jackson's uh, uh, column? I think he was just letting the business community community particularly just be aware, trying to raise the awareness that there's a need and here's a where they can come in and help. And 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 I know that you know uh, the the Tallahass community, particularly the uh, South Side and and, and the Black community, have raise their level of giving you talked about you know the 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 the, the rally ablator fund and the con- contributions there and also in terms of the uh nutrition program i remember in 2019 we had uh roy moe and piggly wiggly and and those same groups 2020 club and all come together and that's how the the uh nutrition program started uh when uh coach simmons uh, identified the need, so so I think it was for the greater business community, um, and um, I would like to see a little bit more structure coming from the university side. Right, I would love to see a capital campaign that includes athletic endowed scholarships and uh, facilities and, and so forth uh, um, at some point to to try to go out to some of those corporate um, person, people and companies and so forth. But, but I appreciate Eddie doing it and, and we, we all got a role to play. Absolutely. Is, is FAMU or FAMU Athletics, are they missing? I don't know what kind of season ticket advertising they're doing in Tallahassee or Jacksonville or, or, or they're not doing much here in Orlando, but, but are they missing? If they're not doing it here in Orlando, I don't know what it's like in Jacksonville. Uh, uh, what what's happening in Tallahassee? I imagine it's probably more so than our two areas where we are. But should the athletic department be reaching out into those other cities if they're not already? What do you guys think? Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, the Big Bend area, as I just stated, within the Monticello, Quincy, Havana, Wakulla, Mariana, 
uh, St. Mark's, Apalachicola, Madison, and Swanee area, there's well, there's more than enough people um, to fill Bragg Stadium. Um, that doesn't even include your Dothan, Alabamas, your Jacksonvilles, your Gainesvilles, your Tampas, your Orlandos. Um, and with us Lake joining with the Slack, it seems like this is this is the this is the, you you get a chance to advertise and tell people, hey, Grambling's coming. The, the uh, who, who else is on our home on our home schedule? Uh, I mean, it's, State, it's Alabama State. Yeah, it, I mean, it goes beyond. It goes beyond. It's it's absolutely necessary. I mean, you, I didn't even talk about Thomasville, Bainbridge, Cairo, Tifton, Valdosta. Um, we pulled a number of athletes, and there's a ton of fam UNs that are in the area. In fact, Charlie Ward's father um, went to fam U. In fact, I believe on that next uh, in the 2020 recruiting class we actually pulled somebody from a thomasville school i think it was thomasville central um which was the first guy that i i was like wow that that is powerful right there because it's rare to see uh fam you be able to pull that but if we don't establish those relationships we don't tap into those communities the way that we need to and all of them have the opportunity to be uh future rattlers on some level right Right. What do you want to add on that, Kelvin? There's a lot of good people and a lot of good players in all those communities. And the key to selling out home games, particularly in pandemic times when people may not be inclined to travel, get on planes and so forth, is to put you a circle around uh, probably a hundred mile radius where you are and make sure that you're tapping into uh, all the surrounding communities and let them know that uh, you want their support and you, and, and, and that, you know, and you, you value them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, again, it'll be interesting to kind of see how the, uh, the, how, how the funding of the nutrition program grows because uh, that's with all of the, with all of the upgrades into the facilities and things of that nature, it's uh, it's uh, you, you don't want to skip out and miss out on little things like that nutrition program that are going to continue to uh feed this program so to speak for lack of a a, a fancier terminology uh so let's let's keep an eye on that guys as we as we go and um and, and let's see if if any businesses heed the call from mr eddie jackson and uh, uh contribute to to the resources of the athletic department all right coming up in the next segment we told you we're going to get into some, we're going to go deep diving into the recruiting of the FAMU roster. That's going to be taking the field later, later this week. And we're going to get into talking with, uh, with somebody deep down in the pit who uh, has got the recruiting angle covered. And so you will want to, you'll want to stick around. And so that way you can make sure you stay up to date Anytime there's some recruiting news happening with FAMU's football program. And so that'll be coming up in the, in the, right after these words, matter of fact. Uh, so stay tuned. You're watching the O&G Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, we'll be back right after these words. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part 
of the black college sports. Tell everybody era. they can follow their dreams. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world. Blended and roasted to perfection. Giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1.